Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody said to you, it's do or die? Have you been posed that question, um, it's do or die, to the point that you know that the very next thing you do is going to decide whether you make it or not? Now, nobody really pulls out these terms, do or die, unless it's really serious or something great or something worthy of it. Now, there are insignificant times like um, it's do or die for the Lakers to make the playoffs. That's insignificant, but it is do or die, you know, whether your team's going to make it out of March Madness. It's trivial type things. But the things I want you to think about in this moment that are do or die have to do with when somebody tells you you could lose your house, it's do or die. You could lose your job, it's do or die. Your health is in challenge. The decisions you make, they are do or die decisions to whether you maintain your family or even your own life. Now, those do or die situations are very grave, and they're very important, and they should be paid attention to. And I know that even though you could be in a situation where the things that you love the most, even your own life, in, uh, could be in peril, and when you come up to that person that's going to have that do-or-die conversation with you, some people literally walk out of a conversation like that and say, I'd rather die. Even though they know the peril, even though they know that they're, you know, still going to function within the world, it's as the walking dead and not as the living. You see, I believe that this church that we're going to deal with, the church of Sardis, is one that Jesus is coming to and wants to talk to them about a do or die situation that they're really in. I like how the scripture says, behold, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he says, choose life. We're going to see how the church at Sardis responded to the question, do or die. But the real reality is, how will you and I respond if Jesus was writing us a letter and asking us the question whether or not you would submit or surrender to a do or die situation and choose correctly? As we go into the first uh, verse of this, I just want to read verse one, and I want to set up a narrative that we might look through the lens of, and that's verse one, it says, and the angel of the Lord, uh, this is Revelation 3, not Revelations, with an S, Revelation, just so you know, 3 verse 1. <laughs> and to the angel, or the messenger, or the pastor of the church of Sardis, write these words of him who holds the seven stars of God excuse me, and seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. It's a terrible thing to actually have to realize there's a difference between the real and the fake. A very real God is bringing a very real situation up, and he's trying to help you figure out if you faked yourself out. Because it's like the little uh, witch uh, in that movie, what's that, Snow White, who looks at the mirror, mirror on the wall, wall, who's the fairest of them all? And no matter what was going on the inside of her, she was willing 
to live based on the reputation and the distinction on the outside. Sardis is like this. Sardis is a great place. Uh, in a worldly sense, it's the first place that they, they started printing coins or, or, or money. It was soft in its morality in terms of, you know, it was like the other churches we talked about. Anything could go. They still had the synagogues for Satan, the deep things of Satan. They had demonic activity. They, they had the guilds. They were a fortified city. Um, and they were a prosperous place, and they were a place that was able to ignore God. Remember, the church itself was a persecuted church. They did not like Christians. It wasn't a popular thing to be a Christian. And you can imagine if you were in an environment that was prosperous and was powerful and that was immoral, and you were assigned to advance the gospel there, you could feel like more of a loser than a winner. And I believe that this is what happened to debt in this church. That if over a period of time, in your workplace, nobody's getting saved, or you look out in the news and nobody in society is actually listening to the church and it becomes more and more marginalized. You becoming more and more insignificant to yourself. And so instead of uh, being alive, you're dead. You still know how to put on your Sunday best and your Sunday smile. You know that, right? You know that I know that you woke up with problems and that you just dressed your problems up today because we have to keep up appearances. You know, because if all of us was to come to church exactly how we feel, it would be a different thing. You, you need help too? Yeah. Yeah. I want, I just, you know, that's how we'd we be all crying. Everybody's got bills, worries, challenges, and struggles, but, but we, we've learned how to say, how are you doing? I'm, 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 I'm doing great, you liar. I'm doing great. We're, we're stuck on our reputation. It's, it's become unpopular to actually tell the truth. And, and I want to give you a definition of this death because it, it, being dead means you're unresponsive. That means when you should respond, you don't. To the life-giving influence and the opportunities that God is presenting you with. That means when you're dead, even when life is offered to you, you say, no, thank you. Because the t walking dead have figured out how to resign themselves from making life meaningful and embracing the lie rather than the truth of who God is. And if you embrace the lie long enough, you believe it's true. You need to be recognizing the real versus the fake. Jesus is telling you when he says, I have the seven spirits of God, he's really quoting Isaiah and saying, I, I, he's talking about his triune nature. He's talking about his all-encompassing nature. The spirit of the Lord is on him. Remember the spirit of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, might, power. It's that spirit, that all-encompassing spirit that knows the depth. Remember, he said, I know your works. I know who you are. I know what's going on. I want you to know as God is speaking to us about a reputation of being alive, but you're dead, he's saying it from the context of knowing that you got some challenges going on in your life. He's cutting through the reputation. He's cutting through the facade. He's cutting through how you dressed it up and you put up makeup on it. it, it it's like nowadays there's so much fake. You're afraid to even think what's real. Now you got to ask for birth certificate, DNA, you know, samples. Just I just, I just need to know. 
Because when you're dead, it's all right to live any way you want. Because on the inside, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm already walking dead. I'm just waiting to die. So I might as well do whatever I want to do while I'm here. It's a dangerous thing, especially when it enters into the church. Aren't you happy that Jesus is saying why he's writing to that church who's in this desperate situation where they're dead? Instead of Jesus walking away from this church, he's walking into this church. And the first thing he says is, wake up in verse 2. Get up, become alert, become alive, be vibrant, take advantage of life. Life is an opportunity. Redeem the time. Wake up. It's a dangerous thing to wake up people who are not ready to get up. I'm a very dangerous person to wake up. If you know anything about how I sleep, I sleep so hard that when I wake up, I wake up fighting. I do. God bless. My, my children have learned to wake me up like they take the broom and they poke it in there so I hit the stick. People who don't want to be awakened usually wake up with some type of a, aversive, aversion to you, you interrupting their slumber. Sleep becomes so intoxicating so desirable that when you try to shake somebody out of their sleep, just leave me alone. Can you imagine Jesus is stepping into a church who has resigned himself to be dead? I am comfortable being dead. I like being dead. I've been around life. I've been around the right worship, the right word. I've been around the right environment, and I would still prefer death over life. Leave me alone, but his word to you. Wake up! I've got something to say. Get alert. Come alive. I, I, I want you to be vibrant. And, and it's not individualistic because if you look at the next verse, he says, and strengthen what remains and is about to die. I don't want you just to get up. I got work for you to do. And if you were unclear about it, he said, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. What is he trying to say? I'm not just getting you up so you can feel good. I've got purpose for you. I've got plan for you. I've got destiny and direction for you. I've got something I need you focused on. Don't you know you were born for this struggle? The Ukraine needs you. They need you to work. They need you to give. They need you to pray. They need you to stay focused. The lost needs you to get a book from Pastor Ronald Annette and deliver it to them because that testimony, they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. There is work for you to do. If you woke up this morning, it was not by accident. For they are new every morning, new every morning. His mercies. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercy wakes you up and tells you to strengthen others, to make them strong. And I, I don't want to miss this. To, to, to strengthen, because you have work to do, means to eliminate vacillation. That means I'm going to stop being in and out. Stop having a reputation for life but actually being dead. I'm going to stop being uh, partway. 
I'm going to stop being false advertisement. Nothing worse than false advertisement. You know, the picture of that burger in that commercial is never as good as the real thing. Never. It's never right. But when you go there and your burger looks terrible and you say, y'all go back and make that again, you still want the burger. God might be telling you it's dead, it's the wrong presentation, but I still want you. Just go get it right. Wake up, strengthen. And now now what he's going to do is, see, he's providing an opportunity for you to wake. But here's how you wake, and this, this word wake is meaning to wake and to stay up. It's not just like, I'm up. No, no, no. You, you're up now. You're cognizant. You're aware. So he said, wake and stay up. What does it look like? It looks like remembering then what you received and heard. I have to remind you that you are blessed and highly favored. He's blessed you with all spiritual blessings in high places. He seated you with him in high places. He's given you all things to pertain unto life and godliness and all things richly for you to enjoy. He's given you life and that to the full. There's nothing that you can desire that he's not provided for you. So you don't have to fake life. You can live life because he gave you life. You need to remember that you were born again. You're not dead in trespasses and sin. You are born again with newness of life. You're a new man, a new woman in Christ with a new destiny, a new focus, a new reason to take breath. This is what he's done for us. When you believe this, You're remembering what you heard, and now you keep it because the reality is you've got to hold on to that which you received. This is the problem. Remember in Mark, it says when the word is sown, immediately Satan comes to steal the word that was sown in the heart. And so what you've got to do is fight. The Bible says the way you fight for the word that God puts in your heart is, he said, by understanding it. He said, when, whenever Satan steals a word, it's because you didn't understand it. Whenever you didn't understand it, you didn't apply it. So in other words, when you get a word from God, you got to do something with it right away. When you're hearing what I'm saying, you got to go into your, your, your mind and say, you know what? I'm going to do differently. I'm going to live differently, think differently. And you hide the word in your heart so it can grow and it can germinate and then it can have a place. That's how you keep it safe. You put it in your, your heart. So, so if it's getting in your heart, it's got to come out of your mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you begin to mutter it and you begin to say it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He gave me life in that moment. I'm more than a conqueror. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Neither height, no depth, no angel, no principality, no things present, no things come. No any other creature should be able to separate me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. You begin to speak to yourself the word. Words that bring life and you keep them in your heart. Now, and then he says, so you got to remember, you got to keep and you got to repent. Why do you repent? If you embraced a word that came from the dead place, the dead things, the father of lies, 
the deep things of Satan, the throne of Satan, the place of Satan, like the other churches we spoke about. If you interact with those dead things and you recognize that I'm only decaying, I'm only becoming more false, I'm only becoming more wicked and less of myself, then what you've got to do is you say, I'm willing to turn. How do you turn? By acknowledging that this is not God's best. This is death. Break your romance with death. Break it. In the name of Jesus, I declare. Break your romance with death and dying and hating life. I've been there before where you just say, well, I'm alive, but I hate it. Break it because he gives you and you turn. When you turn, you start to say, life is worth living because he lived. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I can sing another day, speak another day, live another day. I have the strength. Instead of suffering silently, I break that lie off of you. The lie that told you your life was not worth living. He haunts you with it. He stalks you. But I'm stalking him with the word of life. I break your hold in the mighty name of Jesus off their mind, off their body, the way they're thinking and functioning. They're turning to God. Turn to him even now. I can hear the Lord say, turn to me and I'll make you what you need to be. I'll fix it. All right, we, we, we got to keep coming. He says, he says, if you will not wake up, I'll come as a thief, and you will not know the hour that will come. In other words, if you keep living in this way, you'll lose the benefits of knowing me. The benefits of knowing him, he says, the darkness or the, or the bad day will not come upon believers as a thief, even though he comes as a thief in the night. He doesn't do anything except he first reveal it to his prophet. Instead of you feeling like life is going in the direction that you can't control, you're saying he, he, he's in control of everything. Yes. Didn't have to come on you like a thief. Verse four. Yet you have this still. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. I love that particular line. Because sometimes when we're talking about what needs to change, the assumption is it's everybody. I love that God knows how to pick out this church, those who are woke in the sense of a biblical term, not a political term. Those who are cognizant of what God is doing and staying involved. He said, you have not soiled your garments. In other words, you hadn't gotten into immorality. You hadn't gotten into idolatry. You hadn't gotten into the dead nature of having a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. You've actually rejected those things, and you're living the right life. He says, I not only commend you, 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 are, you are a shining light in a dark world, and I want to encourage you, keep on going. I'm still with you in that dark place, in a dark moment, in a dark uh, nation, at a dark time. You are not irrelevant. He's saying, you are relevant to me. 
You're relevant to my work in New York City. You're relevant to my work. It doesn't matter what percentage it is. You're the lights to that city. We're the lights to our city and all the other cities we'll go to. We're the city that sits on a hill that cannot be hidden. We believe this and it makes us alive and not dead. It's a do or die time. Let me conclude this message with an encouragement And I've told you, you need to be recognizing the real versus the fake. I've just told you that that he wants to provide you with an opportunity to wake, to wake up. Now, this next few verses are going to help you understand. He wants you to take advantage of the great life that God has in store for you. And here it is. Here's a description of it. To the one who overcomes, to the one that wakes up, to the one that remembers, to the one who keeps, to the one who repents, to the one who overcomes. This is the victory that overcomes our wor- uh, the world, even our faith. He, he that is born of God overcomes the world. For the Christians, for the true conquerors, I will clothe you with white garments, and I will never blot your name out of the book of life. Book of life is a serious thing. To be blotted out is a serious thing. In the Roman times, this, they would understand if you did a crime or you did something to excommunicate yourself as a citizen, they, would, they had your name on the roll, they would just take you off. And I love how God says, when you keep me as your focus, your name is not going anywhere. In fact, he goes on to say, I will confess his name before my father and before the angels. He that have an ear, let him hear what he's saying to the churches. We are not going to live as dead men walking. We're in a do or die situation and God is asking us to choose life so he can clothe us, proclaim our name, keep us in the book of life, but actually walk closer and closer with us as more than conquerors. You know, statistics say that suicide is in Tennessee is up two or three percent amongst young people who are successful up two or three percent. And you know what they're saying? The leading reason that these things are up is trauma. So when you face trauma that you don't let Christ deal with, you, you, will, you will naturally digress to not wanting to live. The trauma can be verbal. It could be physical. It could be some type of, it could be divorce. It could be, it's a lot of things that, that happen to people, but he's showing up to speak to this church that has been traumatized and polarized by a community who is not accepting their gospel and they're being persecuted and saying, your life is worth living. You need someone to step in your life. Christ is doing it right now and say, your life is worth living. I'll end, stand to your feet. I'm going to end with a story. Ministry team, you can come down. My brother, as many as you knew, knew a few months ago, called me. Uh, uh, his Dallas patient. He was bleeding out. He said, brother, I just want you to know I'm about to die, but I love you. My life is over, but I love you. Took his last breath. Laid there on the bed, the pool, pool of blood. Paramedics got there. He was already dead. They shocked him back four times. Then he was in a coma. And I remember being at his bedside prophesying, you'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And the God who works miracles, and the God who steps into dead situations and makes them alive, 
spoke to his dead brain, his dead body, full of nothing but saline and said, live, because he's the author of life. He's the finisher of life. If he begins a thing, he can complete a thing. And what that same natural situation he did for my brother is the one he can do for you. So I don't care if it's a dead marriage. He is speaking life to it. Dead career, he can speak life to it. Dead ministry, he speaks life to it. He's a miracle working God. A life giving spirit. He owes the seven spirits. Everything you need that pertains life and godliness, he has it. Ministry team, I want you to come down, please. You might be tempted today to walk out of this room or walk out of this chat opportunity for those who are online. I'm talking to you. And live with a reputation that you're alive, but you're dead. Not today in the name of Jesus. We as believers are contending for your life because Christ loves your life. I have four appeals. You can come down and get prayed for for any of them. I'll be over at guest reception for new guests, but here's my four appeals. If you're not born again, if you're backslidden or need to be baptized, when I say the conclusionary prayer, I want you to come without hesitation. If you've never been filled with God's spirit, I want you to come. If you need deliverance, from demonic oppression, that means you hear more of the voice of the devil than you can hear the voice of God. There's a power that can silence that voice and pull you out of the darkness and into its light. You need healing in your body. He's still not only raising the dead, he's routing out cancers, he's routing out disease because it's the miracle you need, it's the miracle he has. I sold you four, but the fifth one. If you're despairing of life, if you're fighting for your life and it's been invisible, there's a private moment waiting for you here to be pulled into newness of life. Give God praise and glory. Pastor Philip, pray. Thank you, Pastor James. Let's give it up to the Lord for the word. One final sending prayer. God, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your presence that's here, Lord. And I thank you even for the people that you're touching and for their day of freedom today, their day of victory today. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.